On today's show, we need to talk about respect for the game because a triple-double has been ripped out of the hands of Giannis. We're going to discuss that a little bit more today. And then we're going to look a little bit deeper into the run home for the Bucks. The playoff schedule, the playoff seedings, we are now close enough to understand what it could all mean. And I'm going to ask Camille, how desperate is she for the Bucks to have the number one seed? Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Friday and also find my work over at ESPN and alongside me, as I just mentioned, in the Technical Foul podcast and uh, always hanging out with me on a weekly basis, Camille Davis. And uh, we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first watch or first listen of every single day. We really appreciate the support and we really appreciate it even more when you get involved in the show. So subscribe, drop a like, drop a comment, a review, all that kind of stuff. It's free to do and it actually really does help us. So we appreciate uh, when everyone is getting involved that's listening in t- into the show and maybe uh, feeling a little bit passionate about what we've seen overnight, Camille. And I uh, wake up over here in Australia and I see this tweet from Zach Lowe and I knew that this was going to happen, by the way. I knew that this would blow up to be some huge, ridiculous story more than it needed to be. But I've got the tweet here from Zach Lowe and then I'm throwing straight to you. So he says, the league has rescinded the 10th rebound last night and thus, the triple-double. Sources tell ESPN this is some real uh, good stuff from Zach Lowe. And league rules say that for a field goal attempt to count as official, the player has to shoot with intent to score a field goal, uh, i.e. to actually make the shot. So you can't be scamming the box score. You can't be scamming these triple-doubles. But overall, uh, what did you think last night? And then what did you think when it got taken away? You know, the... I laughed when I saw him do it because I was like, what was that? And I was like, we trying to get a rebound. And then when they started saying like, oh, that's the 10th rebound, I just laughed. Like I literally laughed on the couch. Like, wow, like that, that's funny. And one of my co-hosts from Technical File, he tweeted out something along the lines of, I never want to hear Giannis mention anything about how he doesn't know what his stats are or that he's paying attention to his stats. Like that was shameless. And I just laughed and I was like, it was shameless. It was, it was funny to me. Um, I saw a lot of Ricky Davis cops coming up and I was like let's not let's not call Giannis Ricky Davis like Ricky shot at his wrong at the wrong hoop like there there's there's some levels here more like Bob Sura or whatever the case may be and the NBA rescinded his triple double as well and I had to re-familiarize myself with that one because I was like I remember Bob Sura did his thing after Ricky Davis but I can remember the details of it so when I went and looked and saw the NBA rescinded it because they said you have like the intent of his basket wasn't to score I was like I wonder if Giannis's triple double will actually stand with understanding that, you know, almost 20 years ago that this happened. So when I saw the report come out from, from Zach, the tweet, and I was just kind of like, I mean, it makes sense. I didn't think it was that big of a deal. It made me just laugh. So to see it taken away, wasn't something like, I'm like, Oh my God, how dare the NBA? I'm so angry. It was just kind of like the same way I took him doing it. The same way I'm taking it getting rescinded where it's like the thing it happened. 
it was funny. He tried. Um, doesn't count, but hey, there's a lot more triple doubles where that comes from for Giannis. I mean, as long as other Bucks are, are making those three point shots, because he's been he's hung on nine, eight assists quite a few times there. So, you know, his teammates got to step it up a little bit there. <laughs> Yeah, I remember uh, there's a guy on social media that does a bunch of different clips and that kind of stuff. Uh, Nathan, uh, his name is, and and I've, I think one time he actually put a number up of the amount of times that Giannis had been stranded on nine assists or whatever. So, you know, we, we talk about that a lot. And in different ways, Giannis is hunting for those assists and trying to get those three-point shots. And we've all seen it, so it's like, mm-hmm. it's fine. Now, this is next level. So I do not care that the NBA took it off because there are records and those types of things. And I think, you know, whatever you, even if you're assist hunting in different ways, I think you maybe want to keep it uh, a little bit more above board. So I've got no problem with the NBA taking away the triple double. And I, you know, Giannis was laughing about it. I'm sure he doesn't care either, but I do have a problem with this just outrage and oh, respect the game. Like, give me a break, man. And I know that sometimes it's a lot of older players that say it as well. So maybe they have stronger feelings about it than me. But I said this last week when I did the show about the Daily Show stuff and people are outraged and they want to be all angry about stuff all the time. We have just got to the point where it, it, it doesn't pay to have fun or it doesn't pay to be positive. And I think this is just another example. Who cares? Giannis was cracking up laughing about it. Take the triple-double away. Let's move on. Could not agree more. A lot of the conversations around the NBA are always fascinating to me because – I feel like NBA media is so different than NFL media where NFL media will hype up even the worst game. Like you have to Hmm. tune in because it's for this. And you're like, these teams suck, but there's no like NFL media is going to make it feel big and NBA media, you know, they'll be like, you know, today's game isn't what it used to be and no respect and so on and so forth. And they kind of trash the product a little bit more. And it's kind of like, I wish the NBA media took a little bit from NFL media in that way, but overall people are going to feel how they feel about it. I don't think it's worth uh, big talking segments. I, I didn't tune in to Undisputed or First Take or anything, so I'm not sure if they discussed it on their show. But, I mean, some people were making jokes like, you know, if it was Russell Westbrook who did this or if James Harden did this, like you never hear the end of it. But Giannis is the good guy, so the, the narrative is so different. But then you see fans from, like, Boston and Miami who are like, this guy is shame. Like, how dare he do such <laughs> things? And the, the whole conversation is just a lot of noise. Um, and I, I'd rather talk about basketball itself than like if he was grifting for his triple double, because players go for stats. We know that they do. Um, so it's, it's, it was just funny to see Giannis doing it when he spent so much time saying, I don't care about my stats. Like, I'm just, I'm just out here playing. It's like, you care, you care. There's nothing wrong with caring. It's just like, it's just, it was just funny. So I'm glad that the NBA didn't wait too long to put the announcement out. It came out pretty quickly the very next day. So. Hopefully we can all put that to bed and and continue on with this playoff push. Yes, and let's just let's have a laugh. Let's have fun. Yeah. Let's not try and take away the personality from Giannis, which is what I said on the podcast last week. I will say this though: if I had the choice, because I kind of don't care about triple doubles too much, it's just it's not something I get that excited about. Uh, I I do want him to, and by the way, nothing against uh, the great uh, Michael Red, but I do want Giannis to get that sixty point game. We need him to break yeah. that, that franchise scoring record. He's been very close, obviously, at 55 uh, earlier this season. But to me, at least, that's a record that I, I want more than any type of triple-doubles. I want him dropping 60, maybe 70, a little bit hard when you're not shooting those threes, but maybe he has a night where he's, you know, hits five or six. I'm saying give me 60 or 70 points, Camille. That, that's I'm more interested in that. 
I mean, Giannis has a lot of the the records in the books, record books as is. So why not add most points scored in the game? I would either like for some reason I always thought it would be Chris Middleton to break that. Maybe because I see certain similarities mm. with with Red and everything like that. You know, twenty two, twenty two, and just the way they played the game. But it just always seemed like that would be something to me that Chris Middleton would do. And it's like a random like, oh, Chris went off one night and he had X, Y, and Z. like he just he had sixty. So he, you know, he just did that and. That's the one record that's like Chris's outside of the three-point makes just out of the longevity. But, yeah, I would love to see one of the current Bucks um, on this squad definitely break that record. All right. Well, we'll wait and see. We've still got a bit of time this season for Giannis to rack up another couple of 50-point games, perhaps. And I want to get to that schedule and the seeding and the postseason ramifications. We're going to talk about that next. And, Camille, do you care about the Bucks chasing the number one seed or are you uh, happy to play it a little bit more conservative uh, i don't play conservative when it comes to my snacks though and uh, particularly not when it comes to built bar it is my favorite little treat little snack and that's because it tastes delicious but it's also healthy for you and if you're not aware of what built bar is you absolutely have to go and uh, try it and you might be asking now uh, what makes built bars so good well for starters they're covered in 100 real chocolate there's an unbelievable flavors like churro peanut butter brownie Coconut almond, you can keep going down the list. Uh, peanut butter, brownie, batter as well. So all of these are delicious. And uh, you know that I'm into the coconut flavors. Uh, not not so much everyone else though, but uh, that is for me. So what uh, makes the Built Bar so special is that despite the flavors and despite the taste, and let's face it, some of those flavors you like, they can't possibly be healthy, but there's only 130 calories, four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. You can go to built.com to pick up your order today or go to Walmart or Sam's Club, which I know, let's face it, everyone lives close to a Walmart or Sam's Club. So go and get your Built Bars today and you can thank me later for that uh, brilliant recommendation. Camille, as I look at the live NBA scoreboard, the Cleveland Cavaliers are doing their best to do us absolutely no favors. And hopefully by the time people listen to this podcast, the situation has changed. But the Celtics are up 12 on the Cavs. They're coming off a double overtime loss last night. I think if you're just looking purely at the standings, you want the Cavs to get this win. If the Celtics did lose, the Bucks would be three games up in the loss column with 18 games to play. So we are absolutely on the home stretch now. Uh, what's your general thoughts about what the Bucks should be trying to do here? Because they do have a number of back-to-backs still to play, including a back-to-back on the road in the West against Sacramento and Phoenix coming up in the next week and a half, which is going to be incredibly difficult. They also then have another West Coast back-to-back with Utah, a Western Conference, I don't know how you can call it West Coast, but with Utah and the Denver Nuggets Nuggets on the second game of a back-to-back is very challenging. So they are going to be put in positions where, you know, what do you do? Do you, do you play these guys in the back-to-backs on the road? Do you try and rest and recover and just say, look, the chips are going to fall where they may. We back ourselves in a postseason series. Uh, of course, they have one other back-to-back after that where the second game is against the Boston Celtics, which could mean all sorts of things for the postseason. So where do you stand here? Because this is a challenging schedule, and it feels like the Bucs have had no back-to-backs all season, and now in the last month of the year, we're just getting them over and over and over again, which is uh, maybe the schedule is a whole nother conversation, but it is a little bit bizarre and probably not ideal. Yeah, I definitely would agree with the schedule being somewhat bizarre. This many back-to-backs to end the season just feels odd to me, but... 
I feel like I'm in the minority. I know there are a lot of people who value, you know, that number one seed home court advantage throughout. And I understand how important it is. Truly, I do. I'm not discounting it. Uh, but what is a number one seed if your guys are hurt? Like, is it, is it, there's a balance that has to be struck there. For me, as long as the Bucks finish top three in the East, I'm, I am okay with how the chips may fall. Now, people I'm sure will point to the fact that last year, you know, they let Boston get the higher seed and come second round. They had to go to Boston. And then game seven was back in the garden and how difficult that was. And I, I understand all of that. That is all very true. But I feel like the part that people always forget to bring up is the fact that the Bucks had a chance to close out that series at home in game six. So even though, you know, they didn't have home court throughout the series, they had home court when it mattered. And that was to close the game out in six. Unfortunately, they weren't able to get that done. And at that point, I was like, mm, now going back to Boston, it's like, that's tough. But again, just would have been flipped around the other way had the Bucks had home court. Who knows how that series would have flipped. It's important to me, but not as important as health. I'd rather be second seed in the East if everybody's healthy and ready to go. If that means resting guys on second nights of back-to-backs, so be it. But again, I know that the conversation around load management has been picking up steam a lot with the NBA right now. It's a lot of conversation around a lot of shit players be doing this and the cheating and so on and so forth. But uh, I mentioned earlier in the show, like just the discourse around NBA media is so interesting, right? Because when you think about conversations with basketball fans, it has the nuance of basketball conversation and this debates has gone out the window. Maybe that's a, a, a you know, side effect of the the debate show culture, so on and so forth. But now what players have constantly heard is the fact that rings is what means everything. It's all about the rings. If you don't get a ring, then the career was nothing. Like I'm a nineties kid. I grew up watching Charles Barkley. I mentioned this on tech file a couple weeks ago. Like I grew up watching Charles Barkley and anybody who watched Charles Barkley play knew that he was special but you have people who never saw him play and see him as an analyst and they hear all the jokes and they're like, well, he never won a ring. Like how good could he have been? And it's like, no, he was an outstanding player. Um, So for me, understanding the discourse is about getting rings. So if that's how NBA players' minds are are focused now because of the discourse around and the nuance that's gone from the conversations, I understand why rest becomes so valuable to these teams because they're trying to, make sure that they're in the best position, try to win a championship. And I understand players might not like it, but they get why. And they understand it's for the long-term health of the team. So for me, I would not go all out trying to to get the number one seed beyond anything without doubt if it's at the risk of health. If the guys are good to go and they're like, my, my body feels good, I'm, I'm ready to play. Go ahead and let them play. Like this is a pretty deep team as we know now. And what it's going to come down to in the playoffs with certain matchups, one is the matchup and also Bud making sure that he's playing the right guys in said matchup. So we've been talking about the Bucks' depth. They got it. They're going to, hey, lean on that a little bit. If, if guys need to rest a little bit and let the chips fall where they may, like don't try to cheat the game at all, but do what you need to do to get to the playoffs healthy so that we can make a real run. That's That's where I land on it. I like it. I find that very interesting. I'm going to counter just with a secondary thought to this to just throw it uh, in your mind here. And uh, I'm giving the most useless live updates of all time, but the Cavs have gone on a 4-0 run to start the second half. So they're back, baby. All right. <laughs> Let's get to the standings now. So as I said, I agree with you in general. And if we do think back to 2021, the Bucks didn't have home court 
against Brooklyn. They didn't have home court against Phoenix as well, and they were able to get the job done. Now, you can quickly say, okay, look at last year uh, in Game 7. I get it, but I think you know personnel probably would have changed that series. I'm going to just think that forever anyway. So I, that's what I'll tell myself. If people disagree, I'm totally with you. But we always look at this and say, okay, well, it's about the Boston Celtics, and it's about Game 7 against the Boston Celtics. But I think right now, and it doesn't guarantee you anything, but I think undeniably the number one seed is going to have an easier path to that series against the Boston Celtics. Because if you do finish uh, in the 2-3 spot, you've probably got the Sixers in the second round. If you finish on the top seed, not only do you have home court, but you're looking at a series against the Cavs, the Knicks, maybe if Miami do something crazy. And I just think, let's be honest, if we had the choice, it doesn't. as I said, it doesn't guarantee anything. But if you had the choice between the Sixers in round two or the Cavs or the Knicks, even with home court in all of those series, I think it's a no-brainer. Yeah, that's fair. That's a fair argument. When you're looking at the matchups, because, again, a lot of things comes down to the matchup itself. Who do you match up well with? Like, I saw somebody saying, well, the 76ers match up really well against the Bucks," And I was like, hmm, that's, that's an interesting – if that's the matchup that you guys want in Philly, so be it. That's interesting to me. But I mm. definitely can agree with that point where I would rather see – uh, a Cleveland or a Knicks team rather than seeing the, the 76ers. Although like just a pure basketball fan of me, I've been wanting a buck 76ers playoff series for hmm. quite some time. <laughs> I know it would be more difficult, but I think that's also what uh, sometimes I'm going to say taints <laughs> how I feel about things, but like, I, I like basketball and sometimes the more interesting thing for me to see isn't the easier thing. So Whatever way the chips fall, I'm going to be here for it. But I definitely agree with the fact that it would be a lot easier if you had the number one seat, that that road to the finals would be a little bit easier. All right, the Bucs are in Florida again. They're going to play the Orlando Magic on Tuesday night. Uh, We'll get into that a little bit later. But just as you look, and this is a final point on the schedule. So I mentioned some of those games. uh, But over the course of the last 18, it's not easy for the Bucs. They have to play... The Warriors on the road, the Kings on the road, the Suns on the road. They also have that Utah-Denver back-to-back on the road. They'll play the Celtics and the Sixers. Both of those games are at home. And then they've got the Grizzlies again as well. So out of those 18 games, you are playing some of the better teams Mm -hmm. across the league. Obviously, Memphis, who knows who will be playing or what the situation will be there. But uh, the point is that there is going to be some pretty high-quality basketball, which I'm excited about getting to watch these good teams, but also... Uh, there's no guarantees. You look at it and you say the Bucs are starting to create some separation, but it is going to be a challenging run home with those two separate trips out to the West, which is fascinating in the last few weeks. Uh, that's I'm just going to continue to say the schedule is fascinating, Camille, and I'm going to leave it at that. I've got some numbers for you with Chris Middleton and Giannis in comparison to the other teams or the other contenders across the league because I think the Bucs are even in the first seed is quite remarkable given what they've gone through this season. But first, we're going to talk about FanDuel uh, we are on the road to the postseason, so now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download at FanDuel, uh, download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. You can also bet on the NBA championship, naturally. And things have just tightened up. The Boston Celtics still favorite, plus 310. The Milwaukee Bucks right there, plus 320. Interesting, given the way the teams have played over the last couple of weeks. But I think for the most part, 
for the majority of the season. Those have been the two favorite teams uh, there at FanDuel. So don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets back when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So the Bucks, and clearly when you win 17 out of 18, then I think it's something like 20 out of 23 or whatever it may be. You're going to make ground in the standings. But I think just more broadly, when you look at what they've had to deal with from a health perspective, it, look, if you told me at the start of the season that Chris Milton was going to play 21 games up to this point, be on a severe minutes restriction still, I would have said, look, the Bucks are probably a four or a five seed. I think it is a, a big... Uh, reason for why there should be a great case for Giannis as MVP. Maybe it's an even better case for why Drew Holiday is should be in the All-NBA mix. So there are various cases you can make from that individual basis. But there's just one number I want to give to you right now, and that is two-man lineups. The Bucks' 40th most used two-man lineup is Giannis and Chris Milton. They've played 248 minutes together this season. 248 minutes, and we are approaching the middle of March. And if you just look at the team that they're kind of level with in the standings, the Boston Celtics, who at times have claimed that they've got a bunch of injuries, which is pretty laughable. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, the number one most used lineup for the Boston Celtics. They've played 1,350 minutes together. Now, I'm doing this quick math in my head right now, so it might uh, not come off and it might not be a smart move by me. But that tells me they have played 1,102 more minutes together then the Bucs have had Giannis and Chris Milton on the floor. The Bucs have done a tremendous job. And I think when we talk about depth on this team and now adding Crowder and Goran Dragic, and we'll see what impact he has, they've done a great job just to mm-hmm. keep this thing afloat. And this comes back to your point uh, before the break about wanting to ensure that you get to the postseason healthy. I think that they've been overly conservative. I think at times the Bucs have probably been like, gee, we're in this regular season grind again. Let's just get to the postseason and get to the real stuff. But geez, they've done a really, really good job. That That is an incredible stat and not something I would have predicted at the start of the year. Absolutely not. If you would have told me how much time Chris Middleton misses this season, like you said, I would have been like, oh my goodness, are we struggling? Are we even top four in the East right now? Like, how does this all pan out? But uh, I can't remember which other Bucks player it was, but when they were trying to big up Drew Holiday and they're like, you know, with everybody coming in out the roster like that we've had with the injuries. Like we don't, we're not where we are without somebody like drew on the team, helping to steady the ship. Like drew has had a great season for the bucks. Brooke Lopez. We talked about how important he is to this team for years now. Um, there was a period in time where that was an unpopular opinion to say that Brooke Lopez is important to the Milwaukee bucks. And we see what he's done this year, defensive player of the year consideration for Brooke Lopez. And on top of that, the scoring uptick that he has provided for the team this season um, while looking at the, the stats overall might not seem like a lot, but he's come through big for the Bucks quite a few times. You throw that in there with what Giannis has been able to do when he is in the, in the lineups. When Chris came back to the lineup the second time around that, you know, kicked off the win streak. So you saw what Chris being in the game for the Bucks can help do for them. Even if it's not from, you know, dropping 30 points, he just helps get the offense together. Um, it's a good team. It's a really good team, which 
again, brings me to just questions when it comes to the postseason about who get who's getting rotation minutes and what matchups determine what and seeing how that all plays out. But they've done a good job considering all the different injuries. And Chris Middleton has cons- like just historically been considered the Bucks, you know, second most important player. So to do all this without him and you bringing up the minutes allocation and in comparison to what that looks like to a team like Boston with Tatum and Brown when Brown's missing time, Tatum's missed a little time, not as much as, you know, Chris has, but that comparison is is stark to understand that. But what you hope the Bucks are leaning on is probably similar to what you see in Golden State right now, where with Steph Curry, they're like, we're just counting on continuity. Like these guys have played together for so long. We're not going to be worried about the fact that he hasn't had too many minutes. We're just going to count on the fact that when he gets into the lineup, um, he's going to remember how to play with some of these key pieces. And for Chris, at least he's gotten some time, an opportunity to play with Joe a little bit, you know, play with some of the new guys, even though the minutes haven't been high, but just kind of getting used to what that might look like. So hopefully over the next couple of weeks, we do see Chris's minutes, you know, tick up. If he doesn't play a back-to-back the rest of the season, I really don't care. We're not playing back-to-backs in the playoffs. Anyways, I could care less about that. But just when he is playing, if we can get those minutes up a little bit, I feel a lot better going into the postseason, just ramping that up. But, um, yeah, this Bucks team has done a really good job, really good job just with the roster and putting together some wins. And I think we've seen enough from Chris, even when he has played these minimal minutes with Giannis and you see the pick and roll stuff and you're like, oh, yeah, that's the Bucks' go-to uh, offense and it still seems to be working. Uh, pretty well there. Naturally, when we talk about Chris, there'll be people talking about the offseason and the contract. Not worried. Let's, let's hopefully have a healthy postseason run here and figure that out when we get there at the end of the season. So as we wrap this up, Bucks in the Magic uh, tomorrow. Bucks on the road for this one. Giannis probable. The right knee soreness. See it all the time. Goran Dragic is out with left knee soreness. I don't know if it's a prerequisite, Camille, for the Bucks to uh, sign guys with some knee soreness there. But we know he's a little advanced in age. Maybe he's going to be used down the stretch here. I'm not 100% sure, but he won't be making his Bucks debut in this one. Drew Holiday is questionable with neck soreness. And then uh, Wesley Matthews, your guy, they just continue to to bring him along slowly. It says right calf strain. That can be problematic for mm-hmm. an older player. So you, you hope that that's a little bit more management than, uh, than anything else. But uh, Dragic, the knee soreness. We'll have to wait to see him. Like you said, <laughs> it seems to be a prerequisite at this point coming over for the Bucks. I mean, we know the Bucks. I think you and Justin mentioned this on yesterday's show, just talking about um, even when they brought PJ over, like it was they they slow rolled him out. Like we want to make sure you're as healthy as possible, and we know that um, Drogic was experiencing some knee um, issues when he was still with Chicago. So the Bucks taking their time to bring him in makes perfect sense to me. Not a surprise. Another vet on the bench that you know has a couple of little nicks that he needs to to overcome. So once he's able to play, I'm looking forward to seeing um, how the men in allocation shakes out with him and what his role will be, because based on what I've seen, he seems cool with whatever the team requires of him to do. He seems willing to do. All right. We thank everyone for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of the day. For your second listen, go check out the Locked On Game to Game podcast. All the scores from around the NBA and stats, info, news, all the latest stuff from the experts across the Locked On network. So check out the Locked On Game to Game podcast on your Locked On NBA feed, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. Uh, As I said right off the top, drop a comment, a like, a review, a rating, whatever they call it, on wherever you're watching or listening to Locked On Bucks. Uh, We really appreciate it, and it helps us for sure. 
and you've all been uh, on fire lately supporting us, which we absolutely love. We'll be back tomorrow post-game after the Bucks and the Magic. Hopefully, Milwaukee make it two straight wins. Camille, pleasure as always to hang out with you. We'll be back after the Bucks and the Magic. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.